I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Footy Prime, the podcast with James Sharman, Craig Forrest, Danny Dicchio's ghost, and Brendan Dunlop. Footy Prime, the podcast is brought to you by DAZN. Start your free trial at DAZN.com. DAZN. Game changed. For producer Dan Wong and myself, Jeff Cole, let's get this party started. Yes, hello once again, football fans. And as JC mentioned there, expect the worst from this podcast, already numerous technical issues. Uh, I just discovered I was speaking into the wrong side of my microphone for the past, uh, I don't know, two months perhaps. Who knew? Um, Craig's earphones weren't plugged in. Uh, Wonga had plugged his laptop into the wrong hole. Which happens. And, and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and Dunlop, Dunlop, we can even see Dunlop now because his internet is generally dreadful and it continues today. But hello, fellas. Let's try and get through this, shall we? Not much of a plan today, but it's transfer season, right, fellas? So I thought we'd just kind of go along the whole transfer route. Um, I want to get into a lot of Craig's memories of, of his time during the whole transfer. Not so much the window, because back in those days, it wasn't so much windows per se. It was always open. But in the locker room, experiences you know, he may have seen. Uh, and also I want to get into, with the rest of us, how much we thought Craig should have been worth in his prime. Uh, we've got some numbers here to compare him to some other great goalkeepers of the, the 1990s. That should be fun. But to start with, Cristiano Ronaldo. And we'll let B start with this, okay? Um, Cristiano Ronaldo was so upset by all this speculation about him maybe moving clubs. He had to release a statement basically explaining what a legend he is at all the clubs he's played at. Um, but he was that sick of all the rumors being made up. But he signs off with a wink emoji. So, so B, it's all very well, you know, CR7 getting his point across. He's upset the way he's being treated by the fans and the media. He's, he's a loyal guy. It's all about work and football at Juventus. But then he signs off with a wink emoji. What the hell is he thinking? He didn't even mention Juventus in that whole write-up. It was the most I've ever seen from Cristiano Ronaldo, supposedly from himself. Five, six, seven paragraphs. Never once talking about the present as in, I play for Juventus. He didn't mention the club's name at all, which absolutely means he's going to PSG, boys. Book it. <laughs> you Book think it. so, do you? <laughs> no, I no don't. No chance. No chance. I'd actually, I think there's a big chance. I just don't think it will happen. 
I, I think that that's exactly what they've been trying to do behind the scenes before they landed Messi. Honestly, I think that's exactly what the the brainchild was behind. Let's spend whatever it takes to elevate this club's brand and put us in a new stratosphere and blow people away because we're able to skirt the rules. And that that won't exist for much longer, much like these two and their prime won't exist for much longer or these two at their greatness won't ex- exist for much longer. So um, I do think that, uh, you know, we're going to see Ronaldo and Messi as teammates in Major League Soccer in a few years. And I think there's a real chance we might see them in Europe. It's not going to be in the Premier League, sadly. Sorry, guys. Let me ask this one question. Who has money in the French League? Just PSG? Only PSG. Who has money in the Italian League? No one. Who has money in the Spanish League? Just Barca? No one. No one. And so who, and then we know the richest teams in the EPL, Chelsea, Man City, Man U. uh, Well, well, you have City, I think, is, is above everyone else. Okay. Really, what they can or what they're willing to spend. Right. So Chelsea's I guess my close. question Chelsea's is, if, if PSG is the only one with money, he's going somewhere where they can afford him, correct? Well, there's other issues around it, uh, Wonger, where there's supposed to be financial fair play. It still exists, but what they're going to do over the next year or so is take advantage of what UEFA, who also – not that long ago, were challenged with a Super League. So they're going to bend over a little bit and say, okay, the debt we're going to pass off because of COVID, and they're going to stretch those rules. And the ones with money and finances are the ones where, who are the mega, mega rich. And those are the clubs that are spending the big money. I think we've seen 30-odd transfers or something like that, only a few of them over 5 million quid. Over pounds, so it's in a we're in a situation where it's uh, the the mega rich, and they're going to take advantage of every situation. Man City are in the same boat, and they're constantly being under investigation for their spending. But they also have the best lawyers; are very very powerful, and uh, they can they're the other ones that can you know record signing uh, with uh, Jack Relish at a hundred million. So pretty shows you that the pandemic didn't affect, didn't affect many or uh, the many in the one percent. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Craig, in, in that I think we've blinkered and blinded somewhat by the $100 million for Grealish, the Messi deal. Oh, you know, COVID's not affected anyone. Well, yeah, but if you look beneath those superstar signings, there haven't been as many, I don't think, you know, in, in those 20 to 30 to 40 million euro range, which we, we generally see. So it has affected teams. You haven't seen, you know, the Italian teams spend a lot of money. I know Locatelli's gone to Juventus, um, but not for, for mega, mega riches. Look at Inter Milan. You know, they had to sell Lukaku, really. I know he's been hammered by the fans, but partly it was because they really couldn't afford him. You know, that team's been losing money as well. Uh, so, yeah, yeah th- th- there's so many layers to it. But I still, and I know what you're saying, B, about, you know, PSG wanting to have the Ronaldo-Messi axiom, but I just don't see it happening. Do you, do you honestly believe they were after Ronaldo before Messi fell into their laps? Yeah, I do. Because I think that, that Ronaldo was more practical. I think R- Ronaldo seemed more possible because he's, uh, because he's well because he's able to move and because in the past he's moved for a situation to contend for a Champions League and for money and both those things they can offer him. And, and I Messi, think the, I, the idea of Messi leaving right? was so crazy. Go Messi ahead. Had, Messi was under contract, right, or an agreement. So we thought, yeah. Right. So we yeah, thought. So, so he, he literally fell in the lap because Barcelona could not afford to keep him. 
it wasn't you know um, a gray area there. It was a black and white. They, they could not afford to keep him. He had to move, and the only club that could afford his wages were PSG. But again, that's a little bit disingenuous because he could have gone anywhere. It was up to him at that point. He's essentially a free agent. He wasn't sold to to PSG. He could have gone anywhere for less money. He could have gone to you know we joked about it last week Burnley for for five thousand a week. He chose not to, right? Because he thinks he's worth a certain amount of money, and fair enough, I, I don't begrudge him that. But I just, I don't know. I just, himself, he's guaranteeing himself a title in France. He can say, "Hey, I got one in France." Everybody says I can't win a title anywhere else. Who else is going to challenge really PSG this year? All right, Chris. Yeah. So when 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 he retires, right, and he's got the grandkids over, and he's pulling out, you know, Grampy Leo's medal case, and it's a big fucking case. It's this thing's like like massive. It's not like, like a chest. It's not a case. It's a big old chest. It's a shed. He's got a, he's got a wing to his house with his trophies. Okay, and he's kind of rank in the morning. He's going through each story about how he won. Where does the PSG League Un Championship rank? It'll be right up there because his grandkid will be there. <laughs> well, that's fair enough. Yeah, he'll be in his little <laughs> PSG. Kit. No, you know what? He won't. He'll be in his Miami <laughs> Miami kit. Yeah, that'll be it. I think his Miami championship will worth more when we were worth a lot more to him than his league and crown. His MLS championship in a couple of years' time will be worth a lot more to him than that PSG crown. But if he wins the Champions League with Neymar, doesn't that put him in? You know, like give him a leg up in the debate with Ronaldo to having having won a Champions League in another place. With another yeah, team, with a team that he's, hasn't he's done not it gonna before. Win it, though. He's not going to win it. You don't think PSG are going to win the Champions League? No, they they, they choke every year. <laughs> Things are, are very different now. They're going to be there or thereabouts, no question. Look, I don't do the rundowns, okay? I'm just the guest here. But <laughs> I don't know if this is on your list here, Charms, but There's the no expectation for PSG. Is the expectation not that they have to absolutely win everything? They get yeah, like for me, PSG got to win the World Series, the Stanley Cup. They got to win the Super Bowl. They got to win the, the World Cup. Everything has to go to PSG because of what they've built. And Academy what Awards, all Emmys. the Oscars, the Junos. Yeah, yep, Junos. It's sad, right? Because they're just gonna walk in and clean sweep. Where, where, where were the Junos rank in Messi's medal hall? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be I, awesome if he won a Juno, collaborated with uh, Maestro Fresh West. By well, the way, I, I don't want to criticize if runs Junos. Of, if he runs out of toilet paper, perhaps? I mean, you can always reach for that Juno. Wait, wait, but JC, am I mistaken in believing that your mom has a Juno? Uh, my mom has been nominated for a Juno. Oh, okay. wow. There's it's a pretty difference impressive. between winning and being nominated. Yeah, but I, I heard, I learned about that after I made fun of the Junos last time around. And then I felt really guilty. <laughs> wait <laughs> a second. Your mom is Jan Arden? <laughs> Hattie is something, something. I don't know the words. Was that insensitive? Which track was that? I think that was Listen, insensitive. Yo, B, that was pretty insensitive. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jen Adams won a Juno, hasn't she? She must have. She has one. She has Junos. one. Yeah. Multiple. Yeah. Have you, you found out what? yet, by the way, if she's a soccer fan, B? I have not found out yet if she's a soccer fan, but I did tell her that I was going to take her to a cavalry game, to which I then told Tommy Wielden Jr., and he said, You damn right. You let me know when that is. You've got the whole suite. So. I Sweet. hope that the opportunity would happen. Yeah, at the Spruce Meadows there. Real the lux- luxurious ground. They got a suite. Wow. Or maybe he was just saying it would be sweet if I brought Jan Arden. Maybe it was, that's what he was saying. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're sitting in the, in, in the gods, in the back row, <laughs> row, row 
F, whatever it is. I'd love to get out there, though. Honestly, it looks like a great ground. Obviously, we've had Tommy on the show. He's a great guy. Cabrera's got a really good thing going on right now. And I think it'd be awesome to, you know, bring more people to it. And if JNR can uh, increase the attention for a team that's doing big things in Canadian <laughs> soccer, why not, right? I have no idea what you just said. Yeah. The following program is containing technical difficulties. <laughs> <laughs> the current program is containing technical difficulties. So for people out there, basically, uh, Dunny wants to bring everyone out to Spruce Meadows for a soccer game. He's- Calgary game, yeah. yeah we should yeah, actually yeah. do a trip around the country, all the CPL venues. They're good venues. Support them. Let's do our show live from those venues. Actually, I'm speaking to the York guys, and they're all over it. At some point, we'll, we'll do something from uh, York University. Get we in. also need Soccer Canada on board. We want to hit those games like we did last year. Yes. Or two years do. ago. Yeah, for sure. There's lots of games coming up there. Um, back to transfers and this block one, though. And, Craig, I want to talk to you a little bit about you know transfers. I know we've done it in previous shows, but um, you were there when Decanio arrived, right? Yeah. yeah. So that was a pretty tight group of players in, in that room and, and a lot of characters in that West Ham side, right? So... What happened when Decanio arrived? He came with, okay, there were, there were no crazy, you know, announcement videos back in those days, but he had a bit of uh, a plumb to him. He wasn't perhaps a superstar at that point, but a very, very good player. What was the, the thoughts, that the banter in the room? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was one of those situations where, like, he was, I mean, he was a massive player. I mean, remember he doing incredible things at Celtic. He goes to Sheffield Wednesday. There was never going to be him coming out of a smoke gun or anything like that because he was kind of damaged goods. He had pushed Alcock, the referee, and he had taken a dive. I've never seen a referee take a dive. <laughs> <laughs> he really, honestly, he should have. He got, oh, he he got, he got YouTube that, everyone. Paul, was it Paul Alcock? That's Paul right. Paul Alcock and Decanio, the shove. And, and he was shoved, which is inexcusable. But it's like that little short stagger step and then threw himself to the ground. <laughs> it yeah, was awful. It was, it was unbelievable. Yeah. So Decanio just yeah. So they got we got Decanio, I believe Harry paid or West Ham paid him something like that, because nobody really wanted to touch him. They knew how skilled he was, but they didn't want they didn't want to touch. I think it was only a million quid, yeah. Something like that. I'll have to wow. check on. Yeah, we look we look at these transfer fees for some of these legends. You know, think um, uh, who was it the the big transfer that Spurs um, was it Spurs from Wimbledon that I'm thinking of like the first five million dollar man, five million pound man, excuse me, uh, Steve Austin, Steve Austin, the six million dollar man. That, that, that would be the, yes, that's him. <laughs> no, you think of Trevor Stevens? No, not Trevor Stevens. No, am I thinking of? Um, Oh man, less was it less? Uh, less Ferdinand, less um, like five million. Who am I thinking of? The, the first like in British football, Shearer blew the record out of the water with the fifteen million transfer from Blackburn to to Newcastle. Continue the, the conversation. I'm going to sit at, here in the shadows the, and look this up. Look, look it up. Let's let's go back to the Canio here, Craig. A million, whoever he was, though. I mean. The room, did it welcome him with open arms? There was a lot of, like I said, characters, some nutcases in that room who must mm-hmm. have had a, a bit of a begrudging respect for, for Decanio. Oh, well, yeah, they they don't care about any of the other mess. They were just laughing about it with them, you know. But, yeah, with the Razor Ruddocks and um, Winterburn and Stuart Pierce and Moncur, Lomas, 
Sinclair. Yeah, some real characters. It was uh, it was a lot of fun. But as soon as you saw him on the pitch, remember when he did the old did did a similar type of thing that you saw like the goal of the century was for West Ham and scissor. Did that all the time in training and and uh, as soon as he hit that one, he was. You guys have heard this story before, but Frank Lampard Sr. was his assistant standing on the other side, and he hits this volley, and he's like, oh, Frank, we got ourselves a fucking bargain. <laughs> <laughs> he really was, though. I mean, for, if it says a million, wherever it was. million and a half. million and a half that got him, they said. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I know it, it wasn't, I guess it was a few years ago now, right? But that was still definitely a bargain. You know, it wasn't. Santa sneeze at a million and a half, but for what he mm. could do, but you mentioned damaged goods. But for that kind of personality, did you need to have a strong room as well? Did you need the Stuart Pierce's and the Craig Forrest's and, and the Razor Ruddocks to harness that kind of, is it ego, would it be fair to say, with Decanio or just complete psychosis? So the hardest part is in the dressing room with uh, Decanio um, because at the end of the day, you can walk away from it. You can join in you can laugh at it but it's a manager having to deal with somebody like that but harry loved to work with guys like that i think he actually enjoyed the conflict and when guys wanted to you know square up to him and argue with him he was quite happy to reply loved it absolutely loved it so okay, wait, there's the a, world. There's a, there was a we were down in southampton we had got stuffed down there at the get the dell the den no the dell yeah the dell and uh he was going over the team, just roasting everybody. And I'd actually crept up. I was on the bench that day. I crept up and I grabbed the sandwiches off the off the, the physios bench. So I'm sitting there nibbling behind Harry and he's going, you fuck. And he's just going. He's just <laughs> so then John Moncur gets up and he goes, you see, you know, John Moncur, he's right beside me. He goes up and he gets it. Harry sees him do it. And he's like, John, it's not a fucking picnic. (laughs) (laughs) So John goes, hold on a minute. I didn't even fucking play. And you're digging me up. Anyway, this goes back and forth, back and forth. Now now everybody's like, the the meeting's over. These guys are just arguing back and forth. And Monker takes a step back and he's hanging over a little bit. So... He hits the sandwiches, and the sandwiches are, like, flying in the air. <laughs> and uh, Mark Vivian Foe, I don't even think he was an in, uh, international, God rest his soul, and uh, landed on a little tuna sandwich just landing on top of his head. <laughs> I understand the word. <laughs> he had no idea what was going on. didn't speak a word of English. He's just watching these, like, Never seen anything like it. Just this coach and the player who didn't even play. <laughs> so were they like the, the typical English sandwiches? You know, like like two slices of bread, like awful cardboard bread, and like a tiny sliver of meat or tuna in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There wasn't a lot of tuna. What was the meat? Was it ham? Was it ham? Do you remember? Or was it like something good? Or was it mock? Oh no, you, you got Charm. You guys will know Charms when they, they one's cheese, one's Got a little slice of ham, all white bread usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not not more than one filling. You got you got the cheese or you got the meat. Yeah, and or butter. you got pickle. Pickle and yeah. cheese. If you're lucky. Branston pickle. If you're lucky, that's well, they're, they're, that's a 
that's a proper sandwich. That that's is. an uptown sandwich. Well, it's uptown. It's it's introduced to it. Let's put it that way. Not much we're not on. talking like a platter of pickle barrel sandwiches here. We're talking like you know something you know old grandma Miggs made you know three days ago. Been sitting yeah. there. Yeah, egg salad. There's probably there's probably like twenty five, thirty on this big big tray overhanging the physio bench. Oh, it was amazing. It was just flying through the air. You know, Brilliant. English, we're, 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 we're not great at quite a few things, but I think our sandwich-making skills is way down there. It's way down there. And, and I <laughs> think those rolled sandwiches? Oh, like the, the rolls they cut up? Yeah, well, it's the, like they take egg salad, but instead of just having it flat like we would have it here and you can, you know, make it exotic by cutting it diagonally as opposed to horizontally, <laughs> the English, like, roll it into like a tube and then you cut it like it's sushi yeah that's right yeah they do do that what's up with that i i don't know but i'm with you about the the diagonal cut as opposed to the straight cut it makes all the difference in a sandwich right it could be something as simple as just plain old non-crunchy peanut butter if you put a diagonal cut in that sandwich it just Elevated. feels like you're uptown like one would say you're, you're an uptown I, sandwich I, I have a hard time disagreeing with you that's like that diagonal that changes the world for you it's a whole new perspective on sandwiches. All of a sudden, it, it elevates the mortadella to prosciutto category, right? Dude, mortadella, more, the bologna of Italy. More Are we talking about bologna, famous then? Italian left backs right now? Yeah. <laughs> mortadella and Focaccini. Focaccini. He's more of a center back, wasn't he? <laughs> that was broccoli. <laughs> you know I, I was um i was staying at my parents place recently as we we're kind of moving house and stuff and for a few days there my mom you know bless her she's great but she'd make sandwiches for lunch and i'd just be sitting there saying mom what are you doing just just stop you make yourself a sandwich and leave the rest to me i'll show you how to make a sandwich here and you know you just pile it up there it's like about you know four inches thick and then the diagonal cut and she was just uh, ashamed of me, really, saying, who are you? You're not my son anymore. Yeah. She was think- making these shitty rolly sandwiches? Yeah. <laughs> you make a few pies, and all of a sudden, you're a fucking connoisseur. Yeah, this guy. <laughs> yeah. James Gordon. I have made Charmin a pie for a long here. time, let me tell you. <laughs> oh, he's, he's made it now. He just does the property deals. He's, he's at a different me. level. Hey, he's, 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 like Colonel Saunders. he's Colonel Saunders. He's got the secret <laughs> recipe, and that's it. That's all he needs. Yeah. He got the Arnold white Arnold. suit you know and that? the black the black tie from uh from Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. <laughs> Boss Hog? Boss Hog's tie. Yeah. Except oh. he's English, so it would be Earls of Risk instead of Dukes of Hazard. They're racist. Earls of Risk. <laughs> I, took, I took that from Ted Lasso. I haven't even seen season two yet. I just took that from the trailer. I actually saw uh, Dukes of Hazard recently one evening. Here, and yeah. it, 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 Daisy Duke still looks amazing. Just amazing. <laughs> How does that Confederate she, Confederate flag on the front? I was translate? looking at the shorts. I was looking at the, the little little cutoffs. I wasn't oh. looking at the Confederate flag there. Charmin's yeah. English. He sees what he wants. <laughs> By the I way, don't... back to my pies. Um, this this Saturday, York United selling selling pies at the game. First Gets time. In. Very exciting. What a cheap. Are, are you going to uh, are you going to lower yourself to uh, to cheap being throw? What, yeah. a, what an asshole. So hold on. Are you going to go back to your old days here? The, the the early days when you were the one in the kitchen and you were the one with your fingers in the crust? Are you going to go back to that or are you just going to stand there and collect the checks? I'm just, we know the, there's pies, a, there's a, the pies. Get your fingers. 
in the place. <laughs> no, there's a beer vendor right beside us, apparently. So I'll be standing right there. Get to Drinking copious amounts of alcohol. Taking selfies. The punters. Throwing back Henderson Craft Beers or whoever it is. Love it. Yep. <laughs> okay, anyway, listen. How about we... I didn't realize that this show would turn into a discussion of our culinary preferences. Sandwiches, essentially. But uh, it's why we do the podcast. Let's take a break. And when we come back, I want to talk about Craig and, and his worth as a footballer and what he should have gone for had he played in today's era, given that Aaron Ramsdale is going to Arsenal for about £30 million. That's in part two right after this. You're listening to Footy Prime, the podcast. I'm James Sharman, and get ready for football and soccer on DAZN. Stream the NFL, Premier League, and UEFA Champions League, your sport, when and where you want it. Start your free trial at DAZN.com. Game changed. Welcome back, everyone, to Footy Prime, the podcast. And yes, I want to talk about Craig Forrest's career it was a really really good career we make fun of craig we make fun of each other of course but we're all quite jealous of craig and danny because of their careers but i, I saw today that aaron ramsdale is leaving sheffield united for arsenal for 30 million pounds and, and it struck me that only recently have goalkeepers really been in, involved in big money moves you know kepper is still i think the, the record holder about 80 90 million um allison was around 75 uh, Edison w- wasn't far off that either. So I was looking back in the 90s and some of these, you know, the goalkeepers in Craig's era, right? And you got the Siemens of the world who went for about one or two million in the early 90s, which at the time was a lot of money. Um, Craig, you went to West Ham for, I believe, about 500,000, which at mm. the time for a goalkeeper was nothing to sniff at. Why, why weren't keepers respected as far as the transfer window is concerned? Why, why would a team spend you know a few million on a defender midfielder but but not on a goalkeeper i mean it wasn't in really like you say until a few years ago i remember talking to my my agent uh, jonathan barnett who's been in and out of trouble as an agent but um one you know massive uh, gareth bale's agent whatnot but he said at that time, just a few years ago, the, the sixty thousand pound a week goalkeeper they hadn't happened yet. And then over the last, I would say, since De Gea would have been the first big contract that would have well exceeded that. And then you had Edison, and then you had Allison, and then whatnot. But I think Nigel Martin was the first million pound goalkeeper. Yeah, you know, that's so- right. He was from Palace, right? That's right. And then at that time, remember, I mean, England was just stacked with goalkeepers too. You know, good goalkeepers weren't as hard to find as they were as strikers were or, or creative midfield players, let's say. Yeah, well, Tim Flowers, Ian Walker, David James, you know, Seaman, obviously. That, that era, they were uh, – well, Seaman was world class. Where would you have put the other guys? I mean, James, David James, you played – you know, you knew pretty well. He, yeah. he wrote the West Ham – yeah. Towards the end of your career, there, right, for about two million as well. He was quite expensive for a goalkeeper then. But I mean, mm-hmm. how, how good were these goalkeepers? He was known as Clamley James, right? But how how good were they? Well, yeah, I mean, he was around for a long time, right? I mean, he was his longevity. He he was a he was a pure athlete, David James, pure athlete. He had a lot of 
tendencies and bad habits uh, that you you wouldn't want to coach into somebody. Um, there's other ones like that too. Raw goalkeeper Bernard Lama, we I played with and trained with the French international who was a, a backup in the Bartes in the World Cup in '98. Uh, bad habits, but really quick, lightning fast. David James, yeah, just he was good at good at everything. Incredible ball striker as well. He was probably the best ball striker up until I saw Ederson, which changed the game. Um, and I would, there's few goalkeepers I would spend massive amounts of money on. And be honest, the way Ederson can change the game because of his ball striking alone separates him from the rest because nobody can strike a ball again. Is that why, partly why, because, you know, they're getting more money now is because the distribution, they can't get the ball, they can't play the ball, perhaps more than in the past, when keepers are seeing us just so one-dimensional? Absolutely. I mean, you can see how important it is. You can actually start a tax rate from the very back. Um, and if you can get that goalkeeper that can do that, um, being comfortable on the ball now is a, an absolute necessity if you're going to play in the top flight. But you can't be poor. And if you are, you've got no chance. You've got no chance of making it at any level, I wouldn't think, these days if you're not adequate. But you still see goalkeepers moving for frees, right? Donnarumma moved for a free, you know, this offseason. And looking back again in the, in the 90s, I was going through some of the keepers and changing clubs, and there were so many free transfers. Pavel Sunacek went to Newcastle and was a really good goalkeeper at Newcastle. He was a freebie. You know, a guy like Mark Crossley, who was really well-known, perhaps not a world-class goal, a good goalkeeper, but when, you know, he was free. Ed DeHoy was expensive, 2.25 million to, to Chelsea, and he was one of the first expensive goalkeepers. Um, I mentioned there about, you know, Ian Walker, Tim Flowers. Do you, do you ever think that the fact that you're Canadian cost you some money, some dollars on the table because of the respect level? Yes, I do. I, I really do. I mean, because the De Gea or the DeHoy, um, we talking about Dugoy to uh, Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. De Hoy, De Hoy, Gooey, Gooey. That was in ninety eight, ninety seven. That's the same well, year I think you went to West Ham, right? Lana was on loan at Chelsea. Played the last few games. I think there was one game left in the season. Uh, got on at Newcastle. Played the next game. Went really well. It's like get get back. We have the FA Cup final. We want you to play in that. The other goalkeepers are still injured. Like, I was like, bang on. I had to go play for the national team. That probably hurt this leaving. But then Ipswich, because there was no transfer and I wasn't, I wasn't cup-tied, I was available for the FA Cup final for Chelsea. And Ipswich wanted a million quid just for me to play the final. And then Hullett said, don't worry. We're going to come in after you in the summer. And then, Lo and behold, another Dutch a Dutchman comes available for a whole bunch of money, and Hullet makes that happen. Well, so you you thought you thought entering that summer that Chelsea would be giving you a bell and saying, "Hey, come on over." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it was when I walked out of that dressing room on the last day. It was it was it couldn't have gone better, to be honest with you. But you know how things go, and De, De Goy was. Um, I got to know him a little bit because we did a drug test after. To the two goalkeepers were picked to a drug test. So there, we we couldn't pee for freaking ages. So you got to know each other, Craig, because of the drug. <laughs> took a leak together. You, you couldn't pee funny? because of the drug. <laughs> it was funny. Craig's internet broke up there, and all I heard was uh, me and him did drugs together. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. The internet didn't break up. That was oh, okay. Sorry, that sorry. was what he said exactly. Yeah. The previous like, drug test contained like, sexual undertones. 
Yeah, we were sitting there together holding the cup. It was probably, <laughs> Each other's cup? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we, we, tried, we, we, we tried to do everything. We just we couldn't take a leak for – it was like two hours plus. <laughs> and that's Craig's Etahui Ed, story about Etahui about his hui. Yeah, so anyway. Yeah. I thought it was wow. going to be there, and then uh, then he ended up there, and you know. And... All right, so so let's put Craig, you know, in, in two thousand and twenty one, right? Ramsdale, and I keep mentioning him. I, I, he's a very good young goalkeeper. Don't get me wrong, but thirty million seems like a lot of money for a guy that really isn't proven just yet. But Arsenal's good at that kind of thing, right? Um, so, so B, let's start with you. What was Craig worth now? If Craig was in his prime, right? We're talking like you know, like twenty eight year old Craig Forrest. Right, what's he worth in today's market? So, put aside Ramsdale, and I would use Emmy Martinez as a better comparison. Someone who had a lot of potential, who was pegged to be, you know, the Argentine number one, and should be, should have been a number one at Arsenal, but never cracked it. And Villa bought him for twenty million, which was kind of a gamble because they'd never spent that much on a goalkeeper, and that was, a, a, I believe, their highest record actually at the time. They they not spent twenty million on anyone. If maybe Darren Bent, did they spend more on Darren Bent? Anyway, Emmy Martinez at twenty million was a bloody bargain, right? Most clean sheets in the Prem last season. So based on that alone, then I would say that Craig Forrest in his prime today is in that same range. Twenty to thirty million? Yeah. I think more than twenty. Good. I think thirty is inflated. Thirty's infl- not for Craig, but thirty's inflated in general. If it was twenty three, if it's twenty three year old Craig Forrest with all the potential, perhaps, yeah, but twenty seven, twenty eight year old Craig, he's in his prime. Well now, what are you thinking? Well, I I've got some insider information from Craig Forrest himself. Ooh. I I forced him one time when we were drinking and smoking to tell me where he thought he ranked at his prime in the Prem. And I can't and, remember, obviously. No, no, I'll tell you. I'll tell you because I remember. Get, you know he my really memory, brother. Everything. He thought he was in the top six or seven in the Prem at his best. That's what he told me. So I just looked yeah. up who is the sixth or seventh best. And the sixth best was is he's playing for Everton right now, Jordan Lee Pickford. He's on 100 uh, pounds per week. Hundred thousand pounds. Hundred thousand pounds per week. So, yeah. So, and if Jordan Pickford left left Everton now and was signed by another club, he'd be going in. I would say the forty to fifty million range because forty wow. million. He's, he's wow, England Craig. number one. Listen, he's the England number one, right? Start practicing, Craig. Again, get in shape. We need retirement money. If I can just squeeze out one more year. Wait a yes. second. Wait a second. <laughs> Can we tell can we tell Wonger the truth about transfer fees here and blow Wonger's mind? Yes, please. Wonger, the best of the best get an eight to ten percent cut of transfer fees. Craig, tell me if I'm wrong. Or Charms if this Not is anymore. Changed. Not anymore, I don't think. They used to. They then now they get more or less? No, I don't it, think they get a cut anymore, do they? It's not uh, they it's, get it in different ways, I think. They, they get yeah, you get deal you get a cut up in different ways. There's no there's no thing written in unless it's in your contract, nobody's giving you anything for nothing. So um there's ways and uh means about it. So if you're under contract, for instance, and they, they want to sell you if such want to sell me, uh, I was out of contract. So at that time they still held held my rights because it was pre Bosman. Yeah, so wasn't long after that. That's another heartbreaking story. A couple of months later, and I would have been able to keep the money. But fucking time. <laughs> it was always a day late, dollar short. But there you well, go. Charms needs some pie makers. 
<laughs> he's, he's up at York United. Doing a work yeah. at York this weekend. Get your fingers and some pies, Craig. There you go. Hey, hey, Get JC, your pies. Get I want to hear JC's thoughts on what, what's Craig worth? What's prime ripped Craig worth in today's transfer market? Well, I tell you, he's worth a look. Because I, uh, I, I, I've looked at that mullet and that uh, taut uh, set of legs he had on him. And boy, oh boy, that's worth a second look. Maybe even a third. <laughs> but I'd say money-wise, uh, Craig, I'd, I mean, if, if it was up to me and, I, and it was the current money that I have, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd definitely give you, you know, hundreds, hundreds. Thanks, buddy. You know, per game. Hundreds, at least Thanks. hundreds. But if I give had you, more, I'd give, you, I'd give you lots more. I might, maybe I, I might can, give you something else if you're lucky. Maybe I can get a game. <laughs> Sorry, my Nigel came out of bed. Drug test. A drug maybe test. Get a Dutchman. <laughs> T- two guys, one cup. Oh, God. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that's, right. that's what that was. Let's the the Hoy story. No, there was actually four guys because there was two guys <laughs> watching us every second. Right. Even when, even right. When Security guards. Drug testers guards, have to though. look at your, at your knob while you're peeing. While you're peeing, yes. right? Yeah, they didn't want you to do the old Russian trick through the uh, wall. The glory hole? The glory hole. And we were at Chelsea. Mind you, that was pre-Abramovich. By was, that, was, that, was that pre-fake penis? Who's not, penis? Not you. You, know, but you know, the drug. The, the Russians perfected the art, right, of, of the fake penis. So they'd be given the drug test, but it wouldn't be a real penis. When they give oh, the talk on no, this show today. No, the Russians perfected the and the whole yeah, trying to avoid. Too. Yeah, I didn't. Hear, I didn't hear that, but I heard the hole. They've definitely had the hole in the wall where mm-hmm. the athlete was handed uh, a clean sample through the wall through a hole. In the That's hole, right. it was all set up right through the whole Winter Olympic. The whole yeah. Eh. They shouldn't even be in the Olympics. The Russian Olympic, yeah. was it called? The Russian Rock Nation. Yeah. And, they they did, Rock Nation. and they did better than the regular Russians. Yeah. They weren't at the Olympics. Their flag was nowhere. <laughs> oh, God. That's right. Putin just sitting back, you know, in that big old chair with a cat in his lap, just laughing to himself. <laughs> <laughs> with a cat with no hair, right? It's yeah, a cat, exactly. a hairless cat. <laughs> Gregor, would, would drugs help you... In the prem, yes, Pardon? steroids, anything. Tell me what drugs would would help you in the prem. All those. Uh... <laughs> That's a good question. You know, I the drugs you did. Which ones helped you the most? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I was. He didn't do as... drugs like that. Fuck no, I wouldn't touch him. Got it nowhere near him. Like I mean, you think about it. I mean, I was very like. Well, that's not true. I, I did. I did it twice. I did it. I did a half a joint. Twice, and I might a hot knife once. And <laughs> Get a hot, knife. hot knives, eh? Wow! Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Congratulations! A little bit of hashish. Yeah. So, but so, but I mean, obviously, weed and that is not going to benefit. But there must have yeah. been drugs in, in the Premier League back in those days, in some capacity, either coke, maybe, maybe not Premier League. I mean, these guys are even back then fine tuned athletes, right? There's only so much you can do. There aren't, weren't that many gazers in the world that could, you know live his lifestyle and also perform at a high level. There weren't many George Bests, obviously, <laughs> but I'm sure in the football pyramid, drugs were pretty rampant. So, Well, <laughs> oh, sorry, I lost you there for a second. 
Um, we all did. We all did. All of our internets have been a they, problem. Um, yeah. It, it definitely the is. A, it was around. Connections are all on drugs. Stay away <laughs> from drugs. Say no to internet drugs. <laughs> no. In London, it'd be worse. It was worse. I, I wouldn't. I'm. I was glad I uh, was 16 years old in Ipswich, even though it was bad enough. But it was just, you know, drinking. That was about it. You know, that was bad enough, as you know. But the drugs, you know, when I later on in the early 2000s, it was starting to become, you know, a thing. Certainly, where guys were tampering with social drugs and things like that. I never saw any of it, um, but I heard about. Some of, it. and then when you look at it, like, by all accounts, it looks as though even Saturday night there's a drug test on Monday. He takes off and comes back, and he's clean a few days later because it only stays in your system about three or four days if you do a good enough excuse. They gave him a year ban, didn't they? I think so. Yeah, there's been a few, a few months, uh, and then there was Mott Bosnich, Mott Bosnich, the Aussie keeper, right? Went to United, very, very good, highly touted, and then just you know, fell off the wagon. Uh, I think drugs were his, his main issue. He put a lot of weight on two, and he could have been something really special. Um, the Romanian oh, striker, Adrian Mutu, as well. Yeah, oh, yeah Mutu. You know, I, one thing about yeah. uh, none Bosnia, of these guys. Can you guys sorry, hear Gregor, me? Did any of these guys. Yeah, a little bit. Did any, you're just on a bit of a lag. Did any of these guys do well? The guys that you kind of heard about, were they stars or were they uh, passers-by in the Prem? Well, the guys who were talking about it, that uh, got caught. Well, Rio was a was a star. Well, 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 that's a really good question because when you get caught doing something like that, it all depends on where you are because at the end of the day, you are an asset to that club, right? So if Rio Ferdinand's worth 100 pounds, million pounds to Manchester United, uh, they're going to more likely come out and say, we're against the drug use or whatever, but we're going to work with the player and we're going to rehab him and all, all that. Then you got the situation at Chelsea with like, Mutu uh, or and Bosnich, where they're through with them. They're making so much money sitting on the bench or even third string. Make I think it was on thirty grand a week. He gets caught doing cocaine, and all of a sudden they're like, "No, we say no to drugs. Absolutely not. You're fired." And they have absolutely right to do that. But if he was an asset, it would be a different different story, different narrative altogether. It's funny, funny how that is, isn't um, it? I don't know if you saw this, James Sharms, our friend uh, of the pie company of Sharman's Proper and of Footy Prime, Jay Baruchel, has a new podcast about legalization of weed in Canada. Does he really? I yeah. hadn't heard about that. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. So maybe we should get him to come on and talk about legalization of weed. Cross promotion. Cross pro. Yeah. But let's do it, though, while we're in the garage in person. Oh, that'd be just, fantastic. Just, just- and we'll all Uber there. Throw yeah. an Uber some. Shan't be driving that night. No. You know what we could do, guys? We could, uh, you know, get somebody, get an advocate in England because it's it's illegal in England, right? Still, so mm-hmm. um, I know that some some players, I think even NHL players, uh, you know, 
the advocates for it, you know, but pushing it in England is an interesting, uh, interesting thing to get involved in. Yeah, I wonder how close they are to doing the right thing and, and legalizing it. Actually, speaking about that, to go down this very interesting road about athletes and narcotics uh, that have once uh, or are be- beginning to become legalized, um, there's a huge push behind mushrooms and psychedelics for concussion sufferers. Um, Dan Carcillo, who you remember from from uh, be having a lot of bad press for uh, being on the wrong side of things as an NHL player, a um, few years removed from the game, retired. He's invested heavily in psychedelics uh, as a form of a brain rehabilitation. And I think that this is something in the soccer world. This is where I think you're going to see the investment from the English come from because I think there'll be such a interest in seeing if this works and literally re- repairing these damaged brain cells from concussions in hopes of uh, you know finding a, a natural way of fixing a lot of these issues. And it's a hell of a lot of fun, too. <laughs> <laughs> we should do a podcast, eh? Let's microdose and do a podcast while yeah. microdosing. Now, we have to get Rongen. Only if Rongen is on the show with us. <laughs> Rongen. But it's a good point, B. I mean, I, I know with LSD, back way back when, they were doing some, had some serious breakthroughs with PTSD um, and, and just head issues, head injuries, mental health issues. And then the U.S. government got involved and made it a category one um, drug. And try to kill it off for, for other reasons, which you know, just look it up. There's some great documentaries on. Well, there's just also that. there are, there's also a move charms for MDMA with PTSD and mushrooms. So it's those two that the Canadian government and the American government are actually allowing uh, Health Canada and uh, FDA to start doing a little more, I guess, a little more experimenting for PTSD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing that, it, you know, for people that are watching from or listening from outside of Canada or in the UK, especially, is that we, we've had legalized marijuana for two years now, guys, in Canada. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Not that it wasn't. I mean, it was tolerated before. Let's face it. I mean, you know, except if you're me and there's a policeman and you're peeing at the same time, then you get a ticket. Well, that's right. Well, in, in Vancouver Olympics. <laughs> ticket for my penis. Being out, Craig was standing there like the like Dutch, like the Dutch guy. <laughs> Wrongin? <laughs> no, Ed Dehoy. Ed Dehoy. Oh, sorry, Craig. You were saying we interrupted you about sorry, uh, fake penis. Yeah, no, no. Just, uh, just that nothing has changed. Is people aren't walking around the street all fucked up here? You know what I mean? Like it's nothing other than a lot of stores. Oh, on oh people God. being employed, a lot more jobs. So many stores. People. Yeah, yeah it's, it hasn't actually become the gateway drug that they thought it would. Imagine that. <laughs> Jesus. You know what? You know what's happening though. They're, the the city is interesting because they know they can't all survive. There, there are some of them. Are, there's three or four of them within a city block. So, which ha- they're but they're happy to take their licensing. So there's twenty or thirty thousand dollars in licensing fees that go to the city. So they don't care if they fail, as well as these rich dudes are going around the city and they're buying them. So there's a whole bunch of them, even by different names, are owned by one or is two. That, is that why there's so many of them? Because they're on every street corner now. There could be like two or three within a block. That's not why there's so many of them, but that's why they're going to be able to control the cost and the pricing of what you're going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, you got... You know, these little Bob shops over here and they're undercutting these guys and they're like, what the fuck? So they just go in and buy them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, right. it's crazy, isn't it? But you know, so you're it's right. Still they the wild, wild from, west as far as they make the money. Is it, it's still a it's a lottery, right? Is it still a lottery to get your license? It was. I don't know if it's still because I think they closed Is it because there's so many of them right now. Well, because I mean, I, around where I live now, there's so many, and it's saying opening soon, but they've been saying that for months now. Yeah, every time a storefront closes of some kind, a weed store pops up, and it, no and one's it, in them. That's what I don't understand. Craig and I were in we in one a couple of weeks ago. That's about it. <laughs> I no, went to one in Vegas. Like, it was amazing. It was like a jewelry store. Really. Oh, it was, that was the first legal venue I'd ever been in like that venue. Uh, and, you know, it, it felt very serious. Stood in line, filled out uh, filled out the form, you know, not not allowed to go in with sunglasses on uh, or look like a shady human being. And it was like purchasing a, a diamond ring. Well, the what, canvas on, on the Danforth canvas is just like the Apple store. It looks just like the Apple store. And you walk in there and you, you know, pick up a new iPhone, but you come out with a few grams of weed. It's amazing. So it's a really uh, beautiful place. What a 2020, 2021, what a boys, to quote Barry Manilow, looks like we made it. Looks like <laughs> well, we made it. The interesting, the interesting thing about the business here is that they're, they're, all the people that were smoking weed before, they're still the same people smoking weed, right? So they've still got their guy or they know how to get it at a cheap price. So they're not going to the government places and paying these high prices for this, this stuff. That's part of the problem. Yeah. Right, the, the, or the part of market. the solutions if you're in yeah. my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way we've gone from from sandwiches to weed. Usually, it's weed to sandwiches, but it's a natural synergy, isn't it? My At least we got off the fake here. penis talk. <laughs> now we're back on it. You can bring us back. Didn't I you think mean? a lot of, I think a lot of footballers would be, uh, would be, uh, it would be good for them. Marijuana oh, yeah. would be good for them. A few managers too. Yeah. Well, not the player. Like, I mean, after the key, after the fact, I think, yeah. After you retire, especially not so much when you're playing, but it's, it's prominent in the NBA, you know, and it's not even oh. illegal. It's not even illegal. If the drug they changed the rules about that in the NBA, because they stop mm-hmm. they stopped being punitive. They said, Hey, if we you test positive, we'll, we'll talk to you about it. Let's see how it worked. Why are you using it? All that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. It's ridiculous. Yeah, well, they've been they've been doing that anyway a long time. Even in the other leagues, like Major League Soccer, you get caught. It wasn't like it was going to the news. They give you a call. Hey, you just you shouldn't be doing that. Stop doing it, okay? And they do it again. <laughs> okay. <Stop> doing it. <laughs> well done, Sharms. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. All right. Listen. Um... <laughs> This has been an odd podcast. We've mentioned Dickio once. Dickio, by the way, is, you know what, we, we're jealous. He's in Wisconsin right now. <laughs> he's he's Ooh, taking TFC 2s playing in Wisconsin by bus, I believe. As he, 49 hour drive. No, how far is it, Dunny? You know exactly how far it is. I drove an hour north of Milwaukee to uh, Road America. I can't remember the name of the town now. And that was, oh man, I don't remember. From Windsor, it was like six hours. Six so four hours time. from Toronto to Windsor. So that's 10 and a half, 11 hour drive. Jeez. I'd say. But it's, it, man, Michigan, like rural Michigan and Wisconsin are quite beautiful. So it was a lovely drive. And the cheese and the sausage in Wisconsin is yeah. exceptional. And the militias. Who doesn't love yes, the militias? Yes, the militias will get you. 
It's that's well, maybe, maybe Beach, on the way home, Beach can like listen to this podcast ten times in a row, and that will just make the the time dissolve. Get our numbers up. Get our numbers yep. higher. Yeah. <laughs> I hope Beach hasn't got too bad much of a tan driving through that uh, country. What would they say to him if they heard him speak? They'd be they'd be flabbergasted. They go go back to Yemen. Oh my God! It's <laughs> <laughs> you think in Wisconsin they think that people from Yemen sound like Danny Bloody Dickio? Come on. Oh, no. He hadn't, he hadn't spoke. He was just looking at him. You're, you're stereotyping that every American in Wisconsin is racist. <laughs> Even though they probably are. <laughs> just, they def- they're they also not there. picking out Yemen. They're definitely not picking Yemen out of the hat there. <laughs> I'm, I'm watching, uh, I mentioned last week, Last Chance You, and someone's finished. Just, uh, Trump's just got in power. And it's just, uh, you watch that and you understand why. Anyway, um, let's move on, show guys, to, to the end of, of block two and moving on to block three when it will be, yes, Footy Picks. You're listening to Footy Prime, the podcast. I'm Brendan Dunlop. Get ready for football and soccer on the zone. Stream the NFL, Premier League, and UEFA Champions League. Your sport, when and where you want it. Start your free trial at DAZN.com. Game changed. Welcome back. Time now for our final block of the podcast, and it is Footy Picks, brought to you by DAZN, of course. And there's a couple of interesting ones this weekend. Uh, the big one's Arsenal-Chelsea. That is DAZN's game of the week, but also West Ham against Leicester. Your two teams battling for fifth this year, perhaps, maybe, possibly. Uh, Wonga, uh, before we go any further, I think we need to uh, introduce the segment properly, do we not? Even without yeah, And I think, I think Stax, our boy Craig Forrest, is taking the place of lead singer Danny Dicchio. you got to start me off, though, Wonger. It's 40 picks. It's 40 picks. It's 40 picks. On 40. <laughs> that sucked. That was really good. <laughs> well, it's not so shy. He's not reticent. You're hesitant and reticent. And <laughs> I think the internet kind of broke up as well halfway yeah, through did. as well, which didn't help. Um, no, all right, West Ham, Leicester. Makes it even better. It's like uh, take me out of the ballpark in uh, Chicago. It can't be good. No, that's right. The worse, the better, right? You're right. right. Craig, West Ham, Leicester, two teams battling for fifth place in, in this crucial do-or-die match in, in week two. What do you think? <laughs> West Ham, they're coming off a great opening game, away from home, scoring lots of goals, left off where they did last year. They're going to come out with this three to two. B? Hmm. I'm going to go Leicester, 2-1. Boo. Well, Jamie Vardy is still scoring goals. Yes. And it was a lovely goal last week as well. This guy doesn't age, does he? But, uh, yeah, that's that's an interesting one. So you both have a win each. For the tiebreaker, uh, Wonga, what do you have in this one? You know what? That's a tough one. But I like the way West Ham played last week. So I'm going to I'm going to say West Ham 3-1. I think it's one of those weird weekends. How close how close is Michel Antonio to becoming an a regular in the England squad Craig or is he not going to ever touch that level because whenever I see him play he, he impresses me. Yeah, it is impressive, isn't it? And anyway, you don't think he's going to. It's like almost like it's just 
going to be a flash in the pan, but he continues to do it over and over. I think he's caught to Canyon nearly, hasn't he? Or he has? For goals he has. Primarily. I believe he's the highest yeah. last weekend. His goals were the highest uh, Premier League goal scorer. But how do you see, like, where do you see him fitting in when you look at the other England strikers? He's not, well, he's not there. He's not there. He's not, he wouldn't be in my team. No. Not when he had to pick up all the other ones. Yeah, it's timing, right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's timing. It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. All right. The uh, as mentioned, the the zone game of the week is Arsenal against Chelsea. Arsenal uh, spending a bit of money in the window. I think they've, if not confirmed, I'm sure by by time this goes to air, they will have confirmed the Odegaard signing B. Um, but Chelsea yeah. will be debuting Romelu Lukaku, I imagine, and will be entering this one as a big favourites as the Gunners teeter on the brink of crisis. What's your thoughts on this one? They're on the brink for sure. These games are always tight, right? I mean, obviously, Chelsea have the edge, and I do think that they could open it up and absolutely shred Arsenal. Um, but I do think it'll be a tight one. So I'm going to, for the sake of uh, being conservative, I'm going to say 1-0 to Chelsea. Very right. And would that be Lukaku scoring? No. It'll be a penalty. A Jorginho penalty. All right. There you have it. That's pretty specific. I like it. I like your chutzpah there. Craig, Arsenal, Chelsea. I'm going to say um, Chelsea 2-0. I think um, Chelsea, Arsenal have done quite well against them historically, but Chelsea are with Lukaku coming into the side and into the squad at least, and they're coming off that good result last week. And, yeah, they're they're flying high. I think they're going to take advantage of the situation and clean sheet 2-0. Yeah, last last season the Gunners beat them twice, including three nil in this fixture. But that was kind of the Frank Lampard era at Chelsea, and as we all know, under Thomas Tuchel, a very different beast entirely. Uh, Wonga, Chelsea your, your expertise to, on this. Yeah, Chelsea three one. Here's the other thing. Dickio last week chose Leeds, and they got crushed. <laughs> so I don't understand how Danny Dickio Dickio. Makes these picks. He's a better singer than a picker, is how I want. And, that's a, and he's an atrocious singer. And that's yeah. why he's our lead singer, because we're he's, all atrocious. He's had many concussions, probably has PTSD <laughs> for something, and should be microdosing. I think that's He'd be down the for the psilocybin. I could see that. Psilocybin <laughs> dipio. Let's get sponsored by some psilocybin. Cybum? Cybum? Psilocybin. Cybin, I And, and then we, we, will, we will all dose while doing a podcast. Honestly, though, real talk, if you're interested in concussion research and development, like what Dan Carcillo and, and there's a whole group of them, but what they're doing, it's it's hugely interesting. I, I was blown away by a short radio interview he did on, on psilocybin and what it's, it's doing, and I think that the soccer community is going to get all over it. Yeah, actually, Dean Blundell, um, obviously, Dean hosts our, our podcast as well, and he's done many a show on just that. So, yes, it's really interesting things, and tell you what, Danny Carcillo, was one tough mofo when he played the game and, and numerous concussions. And it's good to see that he's, I guess, using that experience for, for good because, uh, yeah, it's certainly an emerging, I wouldn't call it a science, but emerging medication that probably should have emerged many, many years ago. All right. Um, anything else you want to get to, boys? I want to mention very quickly uh, Alfonso Davis, another trophy. German Super Cup, I know it's Super Cup. Who really cares? Trophy collector. But- yeah, trophy collector. I mean, maybe Messi's trophy cabinet's a bit bigger right now, his trophy shed. But uh, Fonzie's got a pretty burgeoning suitcase right now. How many has he got now? 10, 11 or something like that? Yeah, it must be, right? Yeah. It's a lot. What would his transfer value be right now in an open market? Oh, 
Jesus, if, good if question. Ashraf Hakimi just went for sixty million. You've got to think he's you know he's north of fifty. Davis. Well, I watched the game last weekend, right? And and he was fantastic against Monchin Black going forward, but did make a number of mistakes going back, which is what you get with Fonzi playing fullback. But the guys that go forward make the money, and he's so young. He's 20. Yeah, he'd be at least that Akimi's wage, wouldn't he? You would think probably in the 70 to 80 at this point, which is he's frightening. 20, he's 20, and he has wheels that, like, he's going to keep getting faster is what's crazy if he works on, like... If he is that how age works, works, though? Do you get faster as you age? Well, you're supposed to be, look, 26 to 29 are the years, are your best years. So that mm-hmm. that's where, you, I mean, Andre de Grasse, 26 this year. Yeah, yeah. Good point. As you a know? sprinter. And you look at these these running backs that peak at, yeah, 26, you're right. I think you saying Bolt hit 958 when he was 26. I believe he was 26, 27 round yeah. there. So. Yeah. I just hope, yeah. I just hope some, uh, Central American doesn't take him out and at the kneecaps <clears throat> over these in next world. 14 games in the octagon. Yeah. Yeah. Please stay healthy. Yeah. Funzi, please stay healthy. Charms, All right. read, just a reminder of our socials, yes. the hashtag DAZN soccer show on YouTube, DAZN Canada on Twitter at footy underscore prime. Follow us, tw- tweet out what we're doing. And IG, Footy Prime, the podcast. Just making sure everyone knows who we are. And make Pumping sure you check out this week's content again. Say that again, DB? Sorry, Charms, I'm stepping on you here. It's the, I, you know, we've got to get back in the garage, man. This sucks. But we'll get back in the garage. It's so difficult. Sell but, your um, house. I don't think Sell your house and stop selling pies. And then <laughs> you're making all these deals that keep us out of the garage. It's, yeah, no, I, it's not, why, why is it my fault? Is it my bloody fault? No, we'll blame you. Uh, you deserve some of the blame. Okay. I mean, do you really think we'd be talking about psilocybin and penises if we were in the garage? No. This was a great show. No, we'd be taking psilocybin. To, oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, no, we wouldn't. Um as I was saying, sorry, the Zone Soccer Show is on the Zone right now. The second edition from from week two. It's a lot of fun again. We're getting there. It's uh, an emerging, evolving concept, and uh, so far so good. So please check that out on the Zone, of course. And B, sorry, you were saying a lot of great IG content on Footy Prime the podcast. Yes. Also, keep is. keep sending us the. You know, we want to hear from you. So if you have something to say, please let us know. We love interacting with our enemies and our fans. Mm-hmm. Um, as as Brendan Dunlop knows, he's got Crystal Palace people hunting yeah. them down. I'm the most hated person in the Crystal Palace fan base worldwide, which is pretty incredible. It's incredible. Something to hang out on. Um, and it's a small group. A small group, yeah. It was a table smaller. at a pub, I think. It's going to get smaller as they get sent down, too. Ooh, see, you know Redford, what? You're, you're messing with one of my boys. We're going to come, come for up. you. Crystal Palace down. Vicious. You're going to be getting vicious. Ah, well. Tweets. Wonger takes all comers on. <laughs> exactly. We don't mean any harm. We're lovers, not fighters. That's right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I had something else I had to say, but of course, it's completely slipped my mind. But hopefully next Wednesday, we're back in the garage and we'll do this all over again. Thank you very much, everyone. Cheers for listening. The preceding episode of Footy Prime, the podcast, was brought to you by DAZN. Start your free trial at DAZN.com. DAZN. Game changed.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.